This week's episode of the Screenwriter's Rant Room is brought to you by avgearguy.com. If you have any photos or documents that you need to scan or videotapes or audio tapes or film rules that you need to import into your computer, check out avgearguy.com. If you mention the name of this podcast, when you order, you'll get 5% off and a portion of your order will go to help support the rant room. All these formats degrade over time and are sitting ducks in the case of fire or theft. Why not convert it all to digital? All of your memories could be stored safely on the cloud or on a hard drive that fits in your pocket. AVGearGuy.com has over 30 years of experience with all kinds of media, digital and analog, and they can accept orders from anywhere in the United States. Don't forget to mention the Screenwriter's Rant Room and get 5% off your order. For more details, visit their website at avgearguy.com. I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Rant Room Well, you gotta be a rider till your fears are diminishing, the doubts are behind ya. It's hard to grind in the business, got me stressed in the rent room. We let that shit up off our chest. You know the street nerds got no time for no caca. Sass in class, yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja. Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard. He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards. It's all about the crap of screenwriting. It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening. Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun. Write what you feel, say what you want. Welcome to the Rant Room. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room. Where we keep it real, we keep it opinionated, and what else, y'all? It is. It is. What what it is. You you was about to say Wakanda forever, weren't you? (laughs) You know You know what? That's right. You know what? We should. You know what? We should. Okay, we keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what, y'all? Wakanda forever. I'm wearing, yeah. my Black Panth- I'm wearing my Black Panther shirt. Yes. On this show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. You hear her voice, Lisa yes. Bolichaja in the yes. building. Yes. I ain't even going to ask you how you're doing. I, I don't even know how to do that in the last couple months. To ask listen, you. listen, when you hit me up on Twitter saying, hey, remind me we're doing a show, and I told you in the DMs, like, I don't think I'll be able to do this show. I need to take a break mm-hmm. and then you came back and said well you know we need to talk about it we need to like and I was like you know what you're right <laughs> you know in the midst of it and it's like uh, it's just we'll get into it but yeah it's been rough it's been rough and like I was telling you earlier like right now you know the first two days I was holding space for Chatwick and his wife Simone and his family and his close friends but you know right now today I'm thinking more in terms of the cast Mm-hmm. Um, and how when they did the promotional tour, they really did become a family mm-hmm. and they were traveling all over the world and to the diaspora and they brought so much joy to black people in a time that we really needed black joy. And mm-hmm. I know people clowned us. I know they clowned us for dressing up and acting 
showing up and showing out. But I am so glad we did that. They clowned you all the way to the box office to get that billion dollars. Oh, there are people, (laughs) people, even our own people who were saying stuff like, it's just a movie. We got more things to be. Y'all spend money on this and get dressed up, but we got black stuff going on. It's more important. I'm like, bitch, can we just have some joy? We need a little bit. cosplay? Can we have that? And I feel like the comfort for me right now is I feel like we gave him his roses. Mm. You know? Yeah. That well, whole cast. That whole cast. For sure. I mean, it's crazy. You know, people who are on Star Wars, you know, the, the Middle Earth movies, Star Trek, they dress up all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and, I mean, yeah, they get conned to a certain degree, but not. I mean, it's like there's so much comfort people get from movies. I remember, I remember I was watching this, I was watching, you know, I posted this thing on my mm-hmm. Facebook the other day. It was like, I remember going to the Art Light in Hollywood opening night. All screens, including the dome, were showing Black Panther. And I'd never, ever seen that before for any movie, for any of the stars. I love that TV. shot. You you know? t- he yeah, took that shot of him standing in line looking up at the, the what do you call it? At the marquee, at the, the marquee, marquee. And, and it I had like, nothing but Black Panther. There's nothing, and, I, and, awesome. and it was it was like that. I think it was like that the whole weekend. But I was like, I've never seen that before. I've never seen it since, and it's just it's just a testament to what that movie was supposed to mean and do for people. And then I'm sitting here like watching people's Twitter feeds talk about it, and like I remember Anthony Sparks was like. I think like like Matthew Cherry was like, how many times people see it in the theater? And, and Anthony Sparks was like, I saw it five times in the first week and, and eight times. <laughs> Listen, I saw it ten. I saw it ten times in the theater, <clears throat> and each time I went, I went with different people, and I was actually in different states a lot of the times too when I was going, mm-hmm. and I knew it was a cultural touchstone because I hate getting emotional about it, but every time. Every time I just saw us and those little kids, mm-hmm. us yeah, dressing yeah. up, and even the grown people, like old people, like people in their 80s who never thought they would see a, a, a superhero movie where we were centered, that we weren't the sidekick, where we weren't just the friend right. to uplift the white character. Like all ages, like the screening we went, I went to in San Diego, we... And I wrote an article about it in Sci-Fi Magazine. It was the Black as Fuck San Diego screening. And basically... Yeah. We we rented three theaters with 300 plus black people mm-hmm. and we only wanted black people to be at that screening. Right. And we were very intentional with that. And I know a lot of people are upset where black people's like, well, Black Panther is for everybody. Yeah, he's for everybody. But in that space that we needed for that joy, and it wasn't like you couldn't be any other type of black, you could be any type of black. Like that that screening, we had black black folk, we have black natives, we have black Samoans, we have black Asians, we have black Europeans, we have black Latinos. Any iteration of blackness that you had, no matter how thin your hair was, mm-hmm. <laughs> no matter how much melanin you had in your, and, and that black joy will always, you know, it'll always be special. I mean, it was like a church service. I remember, I mean, it's on video and I, I posted, I may post it up again today. We had a little, somebody videotape a clip of that whole experience. Like we sang the Black National Anthem. Yeah, we swag, yeah, we swag surfed. We, we talked about that. We dressed up. We came out. We sh- it was just, and this was going all over the world. It wasn't just a Black American thing. And because Ryan Coogler and, and, and from what I'm reading with Ryan Coogler's article, when he talked about 
how Chadwick has such an impact in terms of being intentional about what was shown in the film. Like I was telling you, Hilliard, mm-hmm. in the article, Ryan uh, said that, you know, they were talking about having Eric Killmonger character, Michael B. Jordan's character, buried in Wakanda. And in the article, he said that it was Chadwick who said, how about we have him buried someplace else and not in Wakanda, basically. Mm-hmm. And so that set up the whole idea of that iconic line at the end of the film was bury me with my ancestors and, and how even intentionally how Ryan, when he was trying to decide if he was going to do Black Panther or not, and how he said he saw the unfinished screening of um, American Civil War, Mm-hmm. I mean, American Civil War, but you know the the Avengers Marvel. movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the first time that we see Black Panther, it's himself, and he says that when he saw um, Chadwick speaking to John Kanai, the the South African actor who plays the father T'Chaka, mm-hmm. the older T'Chaka, when they intentionally spoke Sosha, the language, and how that cinched it for Ryan to like want to do this, and the way he saw how how Chadwick just brought so much to that role that made him want to do it and that he just brought so much to it. And I know people are upset right now because even though we're still grieving, there are people talking about Black Panther Part 2, what's going to happen to that. And Well, they already shot it, right? I don't think so. They were still writing, working on the script. Okay. So... Which which to me I find a little strange because to me... That should have been a back-to-back... I mean, yeah, like they do the rest of them. They should have, they should have well, shot that. But they doubt, but they doubted blackness. They doubted blackness. Well, well, okay, there's that, but it's kind of like they announced that. I mean, that that movie took what about like two years, two and a half years to come from, uh, from you know, I, I remember they were searching for the director in like the fall of 2015, and it was ready to be released. In the fall of 2017, they just waited till the the February for the Black Panther month. I mean, the Black History Month to release it. So yeah. it took them two years. So it's, it's kind of like like after that opening weekend, like I would have got the writers. I would got like you know was it Joe Robert Cole and Cougar said would have been on it. Get like, that script. Get that you know, script done. Like, like start on this so we can start shooting at the end of this year and right. and give them a year to do it and pay them goo gobs of money, you know, because again, like, well, we didn't say it's online, but it's like Marvel had to have known that he had the cancer. There's oh, yeah. no way they didn't, there's no way they couldn't have known. Um, and I feel... They, like, they have to do those, I'm sorry to interrupt you, those big productions where you have to do physical things, you have to be cleared by doctors and stuff like yeah, that because yeah. of their insurance. Exactly. They knew. Well, yeah. just as I said, uh, just as I mentioned offline earlier, I said it might have been a situation where maybe he didn't get di- diagnosed until after they had already started and brought him on board. And by well, then, you're you're in the mix of it, and it's like, let's just go. Well, he going. knew himself in 2016, from mm-hmm. what I read. But, yeah. This is around yeah. the time that they were. But they started, the right? But but see, but here's the thing too: if Marvel knew, because you know. At some time, they probably knew, or, or I, at some, something else I want to get into about this too, about letting people know about your health issues. Mm-hmm. But if they if they knew or they didn't know, perhaps the reason why the whole movie, the second film, has been delayed is because they were like, we can't go ahead with him, you know. If we know that he has, because imagine, imagine if they were, imagine if they started shooting this movie last fall, mm-hmm. they were still shooting it, or earlier this year, still shooting it, you know, like during COVID, and there's a shutdown. 
because there was a shutdown for the, some, some other Marvel movie. I think that movie Eternals, I think there was right. a shutdown. And, and imagine if they shot half the film and then Chadwick passes, you know, so, so then they got to go back and reshoot everything again. Or, or, you know, like, you know, I remember way back in Gladiator, there's an actor uh, who died in that, who played, like, trained him, you know, and just mapped his face on another actor in a couple of scenes. That was very new technology then, but, but they can do that really well now. It's based upon what Fincher did in Social Network, you know, to, to make the damn Vinklevoss twins. So it's just an interesting thing. But, you know, I, I think that I, I, I was reading somewhere that the, P, the studio was really pushing to have uh, T'Challa have like a, um, a British accent, you know, I, I, you know, like a colonial kind of course. Accent, of course. You know? <laughs> and then, uh, and you thank know, God and, Chadwick fought against that. Yeah, yeah. And he fought against that. I mean, I think that. I mean, it's interesting. It's interesting about him because you know, it's like a lot of people. There's a lot of white, like A-listers, who you know, who didn't work with him, but probably met him on like the awards circuit and shit like that, you know. And we're really giving him like a lot of kind of like you know these good eulogies and stuff like that. That um, uh, is very interesting. I mean, there was that one. I, I think like uh, I want to say. I don't know who it was. It might have been like Natalie Portman or somebody that like posted something. There was that speech that he gave when Black Panther got the SAG Award for Best Ensemble Acting. Yeah. You know, and he was talking about, you know, if you're young, gifted, and black, they're telling you there's no space for you. There's no stage for you. There's no screen for you. There's, you know, but you still got to persist because you know what you have to bring. And I feel like, I mean, you know, it's no... It's it, there's a lot of very talented and powerful black actors, but it's interesting. It's interesting that Chadwick's career is mainly, I mean, like like the stuff we're gonna know him as is James Brown, Jackie Robinson, you know, um, Thurgood Marshall, like Thurgood Marshall and Black Panthers. Like right. I, mean, he's the, I mean, he's playing these iconic figures of our history and of our fiction. You know, and I mean, and that's his legacy, and it's really, really interesting that because there's other black people who who who, who turned down those roles, who didn't yeah. play those roles, who who had the clout to get films about Jackie Robinson made or something like mm-hmm. that, and did not, and I for whatever reason, but it's just interesting that he did it, and then was such a you know like a vocal champion for what it means to to be a black artist who's trying to work under the white man's gaze and to ask for the white man's money to do stuff that is, well, you, know, you know, that still becomes intrinsically black, you know? I'll, I always wonder, though, like, looking at Denzel and the Morgans and the Wesleys and the Wills, you know, all those guys who've been around for 30 years, you know, at some point, like, even us as writers, you know, we all write projects with black characters in them. We, we all are more than that. And if you notice, a lot of the roles outside of like, you know, the actual black roles that those the list of writers, uh, actors I just mentioned, eventually they start doing movies where they're actually playing white characters, but they're black. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like in the Philadelphia, for example, I doubt that was written for a black guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? But of course, they brought in Denzel and he crushed it. So what I'm saying is, I wonder if the, you were talking about like all those different historical uh, uh, people that 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 um, uh, these act that 
Chadwick played. And when you're a younger actor, number one, you want to act, right? Number two, the, the younger generation today are much more open being proud to be black. Not saying that Denzel and those guys were it, but they're more at a point where once you get to a certain level, you want to prove you could do anything. So you don't want to just be doing Thurgood Marshall and all, you know what I mean? So that's my, at least the way that I see it, of why it's possible they overlook those roles is they're trying to show they could do more than just that. And I think also that that Chadwick said it himself when he did the the commencement speech at Howard, the (laughs) HBO, where he talked about purpose. And I think coming from a very black background, coming from an HBCU where I remember seeing some pictures of Chadwick on campus, like he was, you know, uh, doing stuff on campus and 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 talking to chancellors and like he was like one of he he was like me when I was in college, like that activist, like just some black stuff's going on and we're going to do what we got to do to do. And he had like his locks. And and I'm like, when I would see those pictures, I would just laugh because it's like, oh, my God, I remember those days of being that young power to the people, being an artist and, 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 and trying to do your thing. So I think coming from that type of background and being very rooted in blackness and also being rooted in his history when he talked about having a purpose. So I think he, in his career, with his intentions and all the parts that he's taken, um, it's very clear that he was trying to create a legacy in terms of the type of roles that he made, but also as milestones and historical markers for the rest of us. I almost feel like he was just already, he's one of them cast that's probably been here before. Mm-hmm. And this time around, he gonna make sure he leaves some breadcrumbs for the rest of us. Mm-hmm. Because when, in hindsight, when you look at all, even before his illness, when I would hear him speak and do things, there's just something, I don't know, there's just well, there's something about him that, he was, an an, he, he, was an, he was already an ancestor in progress and was already on that path. Mm-hmm. And like I said, going back and looking at his speeches now, four, four years ago, and, and the forcefulness of what he was saying and knowing now what he was going through, um, I don't know. He was, already, he was already leaving a legacy for us and showing other actors that you could be successful. You could still do big pictures, but at the same time, we need to have those stories about us that never get told. Right. And I think, and Michael B, I think Michael B. Jordan is heading in that direction, too. Yeah. And I think he's putting he's them together and doing his production company and, you know, with yeah. his, uh, what was the one, the prison one that just came out, I just saw a few months back. Something no Mer- Mercy. Mer- Mercy. No Mer- it's called oh. No Mercy. Oh, no Mercy. Uh, with him and Jamie Foxx, is that the one? Yeah. yeah. And him trying to do other stories, getting into sci-fi fantasy. Um, yeah. I think his impact on other artists like Ryan Coogler and all those other people that he worked with and other young filmmakers, like his work is not done, it's going to continue, but he's left us such a good body of work and such a good sense of his humanity mm-hmm. that I feel comfortable. And this is me personally, because I don't know him and we're not family, not blood, but you know, black people, we claim everybody. I, I, feel, I feel comfortable. <laughs> I feel comfortable releasing him. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, I don't want to mourn. I just want to celebrate now. Right, right, right. You know? But I feel good about what he's left us. Kind of like what Prince left and Michael Jackson. I was just, like, devastated mm-hmm. because of what they mean culturally. But I don't know. Looking back on it, I feel like I'm, we're going to be okay. We just have to pick up that baton that he left for us and well, keep carrying forward. So, so he, here's the thing is, I think he's a little, I think 
he's a little different than Prince and Michael Jackson because there had been so many music artists before, like black music artists before who had been around and had mm-hmm. reached the pinnacle. And I mm-hmm. don't, and there hadn't been anyone who had a chance to reach the pinnacle the way that Chadwick did. I mean, like, honestly. No, I mean, I mean I'm talking about in terms of just the body of work. Like, we have stuff yeah, well, yeah, that yeah, we no, can no, go no, back and see and be, be like, wow, that's iconic. That's amazing. No, no, no. It's not like Black Panther's first film and that was it. Like, oh, damn, exactly. we never No, no, no. no, no. I'm, I'm not saying that either, but I'm not saying that either. But, but I'm saying it's different. I think it's different because, look, because. You can mention people like like Michael Jackson and Prince and Luther Vandross and Teddy Pendergrass and fucking Marvin Gaye. You can mention all these black singers who reached that pinnacle and died right. young and have a fucking pinnacle. Icons, for and sure. And they have this kind of work. Right. But I'm saying that with, 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 I think that what he did in the movies is a little different because we had been denied such opportunities in a way in the movies that we have not denied in music. Right. And I think right. I think that's why he's it's a little different. Oh, okay. I mean, I see where gotcha. you're going. You know, gotcha. you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, gotcha. I mean, because because gotcha. it's like who? I mean, we talking about like Denzel and stuff like that. I mean, yes, you, yes, you're right, Hilliard, in terms of like those guys. like want to play these guys. They get to the point that they want to play anything, and it's mainly because if they're not being looked at as like that's a black actor, but that's Denzel, that means that he's able to get you know these top roles that mm-hmm. that it challenged him. As an actor, and that doesn't happen for a lot of black actors. Across, you know, just doesn't because mm-hmm. you know because of the type of material that is that 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 the money people have have allowed black people to make. You know, it's either these smaller films, it's all this kind of like poverty porn kind of stuff, or whatever it is. And and to, and like you were saying before, it's like the the black joy that he <laughs> did in his films is kind of rare. You know, right. and, 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 and right. Right. Let's talk about Black Joy for a second. Here's something really interesting. Now, you guys know I grew up, you know, in the Bay, and my parents went to one of those, you know, sanctified apostolic holy churches. You yes. Folks be shouting, going crazy. Woo! You know, everybody's come down. Yeah. You know, the women can't wear makeup, but it was real strict. Yeah. Here's right. the trip. Black Panther came out. Now, my parents moved to Phoenix and retired, right? Bought them a brand new house. Guess what? My parents went to the movies to see Black Panther. That's <laughs> how much that movie is. Okay. okay, okay. You could bring folks who haven't been to the movies in 35 years. Okay. You feel me? Okay, the okay. The movie that everybody's talking about. My dad's like, and I was like, you went to saw Black Panther? He's like, I felt like I had to. And I was like, wow. Okay. <laughs> you know I mean? Iconic. Yeah. That's a trip. Yes, yes. See, 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 this, see, this was crazy. I, I, I'll tell you what's crazy, right? So yesterday, I'm on this Q&A for the movie Bloom I directed. It's like a film festival. It's, I think it's the Columbus Black Film Festival. And I was, they just so they did a Zoom Q&A with a bunch of the filmmakers. And it's interesting because, I mean, this is not like a new thing for us, but we know this. But it's just interesting to hear, like, there was four, three other filmmakers on there who were, like, not just sci-fi heads, but they were talking about how they love comic books and stuff like that. And I just, it's kind of an interesting thing that there's like this huge, it's like, it's kind of like there's, there's like this silent contingent. I'm not even silent, but there's, there's a, there's an unrecognized contingent of black, you know, of, of black consumers of fictional content 
that love science fiction, which we know, but love comic books like in particular. And it's just kind of like, I just wonder how many people start reading comics when they're young who are black and then filter out of it because after a moment when they get to be their teens, they're like, there's no black characters in this stuff. But they still kind of like are interested in the medium and, and what it can do and what it can say. But they're kind of torn about, do I like it? Should I be interested? Because there's nothing that's speaking to me. I'm, I'm just wondering if that's kind of what, like, your father is, is, is kind of interested in. You know, well, let, me, let, me, let me ask you a question, though, Chris, just talking about that. So you and I were similar in age, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Lisa, she's a youngster. She wouldn't understand. Um, so I'm 27. I'll be 50 next Saturday. Anyway. So here's a trip. So I was wondering this, Chris. Now, I grew up on comic books and all that stuff, too, when I was a kid. I don't remember very many of them for some reason because I wasn't a comic book head, mm-hmm. but, I, but I read them. <clears throat> and I remember that my friends who were also into it, the other black nerd friends of mine, they would draw and stuff, whatever, but they would always draw white characters. The difference I see now are the kids who are into it are drawing new black characters that we've never seen. Right. I'm not saying they didn't draw any, but I remember when they would show me things, they would always be these white superhero. So that's all they got. That's, that's all, all they that, got. Well, to well, see. Well, no, but see, but, but see, that's why. I mean, look, I'm gonna try to get my this guy known as Dennis Cowan. To see, oh, to, Dennis! To see if we can get him on the podcast. Yes. You know, he's Where's one he? of the he's one of the founding members of Milestone Comics. Milestone Comics. Oh, okay. yeah. the, you know, he's I mean, he's like the artist for that. Like the main mm-hmm. guy did the stuff for Static, did the stuff for Icon. Yeah, you Michael know, um, all them. Yeah. You know, he's you know he did the question for DC. He's a major DC guy right now. You know, um, he, he did some Marvel stuff, too. But, you know, like, I know him. He lives in L.A. I love to get him on because, you know, they're relaunching Milestone. Uh, there's there's going to be some digital thing with the next DC fandom next month. But I think next February is when they're going to actually have a, a first new Milestone actual, like, physical comic book is going to come out if they're shipping comics then. Mm-hmm. And, I'll see if, and I'll talk with Dennis about getting on because... I just saw today something where, like, Icon, which was the first title they launched, it was 27 years ago. And I remember that, you know, in Milestone, you know, it was these five black guys who, put the, who did something through DC. And it was this, it, was, it wasn't a black superhero universe. It was a diverse superhero universe where black, where, where there were black main heroes. Right. Which I think was so different. It, well, I'm sorry. No, it was groundbreakingly different at the time. At the time, still is now. But I think that when it came out, whatever that in '93, changed everything mm. in terms of like you know because it's there in the stores and all these kids are <laughs> these black kids are going to buy an Iron Man. I think they like Iron Man because because for a minute, like when ta- when you know like when Tony Stark stepped down, he had a black guy become Iron Man for a little bit. Right. You know, um, I think that's why black people like that. And then when I think that after Milestone. That's when black kids who were artists began to draw black heroes more more often. I started I started seeing it more and more a whole bunch of shit because that's because they now finally saw us not as oh well Tony Stark can't be Iron Man so hey can you fill in? It's like I'm the guy now. Right. You know, like there isn't this like you know like that's that's icon that's hardware that's static that's 
like all that shit is like you know opportunity for us to be the ones who have the complete agency of not of the book the title of the book is ours all that kind of shit it means a lot mm-hmm. for a lot of people you know to to see i mean that's something that i i noticed when we were um uh uh when i was on that q a yesterday it's like you know like the the, the the desire to see us to tell us you know and not have to kind of like explain it to the point that it becomes drivel so that white people get it you know i told the people on the call i said you know it's it, it's it, there's the the, the 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 line that that american studios tell us that our projects don't sell overseas don't travel overseas is 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 not just a lie it's 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 a lie that is that's foundation is of the white supremacy black inferiority mm. of what goes on because you know a friend of mine is this german guy who owns this studio distribution in germany and he's gonna help me put the take, put together some 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 money for a movie and he was telling me one time he was like you have to look at it those there's the black movies sell so you have the the audience that will look at a black film an american black film in europe because they love our music is the same audience in America that might watch like Crouching Tiger. Mm-hmm. It's, a foreign, it's it's a foreign culture, but we can like you know assess it still, mm-hmm. and we're okay with it. And and that's how he said. Well, that's how that's why our music works so well in Europe because it's different, but they can love it and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And it's all stories anyway. It's just part of like you know the perniciousness of Hollywood is not just saying oh we're not going to get it, but it's like we can't let you have it. Well, I I just want to comment, you know, jumping on that in terms of like getting excited for something and it's something new and different. It's like when in in 2016, when we finally got, you know, we talk about this all the time on here because it was such a it was it was such a, a, I don't know, a, a big cultural deal where. You know, we were, I was online with a bunch of people and, and the whole full cast, that big full cast photo came out about who exactly was all going to be in the Black Panther movie. Yes. And then... Oh, that the whole, Yeah. Oh, and, then, yeah. And, then, and then the whole Black Panther so lit tag got started with a bunch of people. I was like, just, I mean, we're just talking shit. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was on my way to... Uh, I was on my way to go to, to hang out with my, my boy Sam because um, he was nominated for one of the Nebula Awards, and I was on my way to Chicago. Sam Miller? Uh, what's that? You mean Sam Miller? Yeah, Sam J. Sam Joshua Miller, who has a new book coming out again. <laughs> another um, Jesus another, Christ. He is, yeah. right, he's yeah. right his ass Prolific. That's he what is I'm prolific. About. That's my yes. boy. That's my brother from another mother. But I was, I was on my way there with a bunch of our clarion friends and Ruby and all of us, because, you know, he was nominated for this big sci-fi award, and, you know, we all got to be there for our boy to win, and be like, yay! And so I remember I had stepped on the plane in San Diego, and I was like, before I got on the plane, we were talking about, oh, Black Panther, and we were making jokes using the Black Panther so lit tag, talking about black people going to be in there with collard greens, and we're going <laughs> to come in there dressed up, and we, like, we were making up a vision of something that was t- was not even going to happen until two years in the future. Right. Mind you, this is back in 2016. The moment I got off the plane in Chicago, and I remember I caught a cab, and I was, like, turning my phone on to let everybody know I had made it, and I was on my way to the hotel, and I turned my phone up and my notifications have blown up mm. because that tag that we were just playing around with 
had just went viral. Mm. And people were posting gifs and memes. And I kid you not, every, and we told them two years ahead of time. Like, remember we were sitting in the WGA when we saw the screening of Civil War. That's Civil War. Um, What was the other one that came out before Endgame? You were there too, Chris. I think you were with us. It was Civil War. It was a Civil War? And... That the, the writers were sitting on the stage talking about, we had no idea Black Panther was going to be, and I'm in the back going, bitch, we told you two years ago. Like, literally, <laughs> when we touched down, it's like we basically projected in the future what was going to happen, and we did that and more two years later when the movie came out. Mm-hmm. But it was like, it became this cultural thing even before the Black joy about it happened before it even came into existence as an actual film yet. At that point, we just had a cast, mm-hmm. We just said, this is what it is. And we were like, oh my God, look, it's all black people. And then the two white people, yay, finally, victory, <laughs> yay. And of course, they're two, two of my favorite white actors anyway. Oh, yeah, Andy Serkis sure. and Martin Freeman. It's like, they're fantastic in all the stuff they do. And I watch anything that they're in. But it was just... There but was remember, just, you know what you reminded me of? Moment. What's that? The, when the trailer came out. Oh my God. Do you know my favorite thing to do is to yes. go back and watch the reaction videos of people seeing... First of all, it was first the members the teaser trailer that came out, and then when the full trailer came out, like it must have that became porn to me, literally. <laughs> like I was going online watching people's reactions to the video, and then the popular reactions. I was watching the reactions of the people watching the reactions of other people's reactions. Like it became like this insular, crazy, fun, and just and not just reactions, but reactions of people all over the world. I was watching people in South Africa, watching people in the Caribbean, watching black people in Brazil, watching black people in the UK, and just how amped just for a little trailer, you know, and well, just well, the excitement well, I, of it. See, let me tell you something, right? So it's very rare for me to get really emotional in a movie that's not designed to really pull your emotions. And even then, I just like, understand the value of but but how is it affecting me physically i don't now, know I just, when killmonger was dying though brother wanted to just be uh well I no know. i mean that's that's not i mean yeah, that's i'm not i want to talk about the black band we're talking about civil war okay, that, okay. one of the things that i had said way back in 2008 or 2007 when i heard that they were doing iron man i said if they can get the suit right they can really get that suit right, right, and it'll kick off something amazing for a bunch yes. of people. Yes. And they did, right? And but, you know, but and that was a, and that, that just was a piece of joy for me. But in Civil War, when Black Panther first shows up in uh, that costume and he's like uh, going down to fight, uh, and pops up. It was like talk about uh, an entrance. The, Listen, the, the entrance yes. was like like yes. like like it. Like it was at that point where like tears almost came to my eye. You know, you know I, I, I <laughs> yes. because you're kind of like you did this too. You listen, made this listen, listen. Work. I think I think because Linnell, I saw we saw it with Linnell, and I think I almost clawed Linnell's hand because she was sitting <laughs> next to me because the whole time we're looking at Captain America, and I'm just sitting here waiting. Because I hadn't seen all the other Avengers. Like, I saw, like, the first one, I think. And I think I kind of skipped the other because kind of like, yeah, yeah, whatever. It's, yeah. <laughs> but it's like, okay, what, Chadwick Boseman's in this? And he's Black Panther? Oh, bitch, I'm going. And I tell you, my hands must have, like, reached out. Because when he popped up, and I think I almost screamed. I was like, ah! And the way his impact in the audience was. Right. When he was running, when they was doing that running, he was moving, chasing yes. after Captain America. Jumping and he had that, oh, oh my God, jumping the cars, like, the cars, I was like, the car, all that. 
I was like, oh man, if they do this movie, this movie's gonna be off the chain. And and if they would have cast it wrong, oh my God, if they would have cast that wrong. Well, see, but see, uh, at at the time time when that came out, I don't think, I mean, like, (laughs) I didn't know if there was gonna be a Black Panther movie, you know, because there's all those characters in there that necessarily didn't have, you know, like, weren't getting movies outside of, like, the top three people. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I hope they do. But it's one of those things, like the way they did his suit, where kind of like it, the mask melted down and everything yes. like that was so. Again, it was like, like I said with Iron Man, it was like when they did that and they got that right, they got it so right. They get because you know, there's a lot of ways that you could have got that wrong. You know, like like, like it's, it's a great blend of like the hyper technology of Wakanda mm-hmm. done in a way that. You know that wasn't like too like too far fetched to make me not feel like it, it fit in that universe. Like it fits so well with what they were trying to do, and then just like Bozeman was dope, and the way he was just like walking across, like you know, like they're in Germany, they're like throwing cars and shit. I was like, this mm-hmm. shit is live as fuck. Like I mean, it was just dope as shit. Hey Chris, I, I was just thinking about what you were talking about. And, you know, the mask, you said, like, it would just kind of morph in and out or whatever. And it reminded me of, of course, the technology is, like, 90 times better than it was. But in the Terminator, when they did the little melting thing, whatever, you know, when yes. you shoot, yes. it's like that advanced. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it right. took us to a place, like, look what technology was when right. Terminator came out. Now yeah. we are now. Well, you know? well, yeah. Well, see, yeah, because the, thi- the thing is, is that, like, the last time I had read Black, seen Black, seen Red Black Panther in the comic, he was still like the mask was still like a piece of cloth, you know. So to me, like you know, I had I hadn't read it in maybe like fifteen years, maybe twenty years. I hadn't read like Marvel comics like that to that extent. Mm. So it was exciting for me to see that they really like amped his technology uh. in a way that they hadn't did, you know, in the sixties, seventies, and eighties. His technology is supposed to be rivaling Stark and Reed Richards, but they never put it in his suit, mm-hmm. and they did such a sweet. They did. I mean, that, that's such a, uh, uh, I think that Christopher Priest did that when, when he did a run. Um, but it's just one of those things where I was like, you made us not just like on the level of Spider-Man. Like you took us to the pinnacle of what the Marvel Universe technology on Earth can do. You're yeah. there and you're got the swag of a black man. And it's just like, wow, this is how you can do can it. I, can I just say and jump on that and just say if this had not been... Written, directed, costumed, <laughs> set direction, set decorations by black people, it would not have come out the way it did. Because I can just imagine a white director not having the understanding of the importance of this character yeah. outside of just the Marvel fandom. Yeah. How this could have just, just could have just been a regular, smegular you know, for sure, for sure, disaster. And I think it's so important that people have to acknowledge that that blackness behind the scene is so critical to success of what we saw in front of it. I'm thinking of Hannah doing the set design, you know, Ruth and them going like, I mean, Ruth Carter, Ryan, they traveled to Africa. Ludwig, Mm -hmm. who did the music, went to fucking Africa and recorded with African musicians up and down the West Coast, sat in with people, flew with his money over there, recorded, brought African musicians to do themes, to, like the 
amount, the incredible amount of detail and homework and love and just appreciation that went into it, I guarantee you that would not have happened. Well, check it out. It would not have happened. No, not, not, it not, would I mean, not have I mean, happened see, without Ryan and all that. Carter do, do costuming since Do the Right Thing. Yes. And I've always thought she was such, an, she was such a specific, nuanced, yet very accessible costume designer. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I, and I almost feel like, you know, I think I said this at the time. It's like she had me waiting her whole career to, you know, to get an opportunity to do this movie because, you know, she, mm-hmm. I, I can't think of too many films that she worked on where that were that kind of pageantry type of film. Again, it's the kind of the ghettoization of black talent. It's like, you know, she's, she's clearly got the eye to have done, you know, costuming for any period film. Oh my God. And she fucking killed it. When she did Malcolm X and stuff, I swear to God, some of them suits that people had, I felt like I could see the grease on the back of the collar when the brothers were getting the car. Like, that's how detailed. Like, I can smell the stuff coming from the clothes, like a chicken grease that popped off of it. The stuff on the car. The iron, the iron burn on the starch collars when black people, like, when you only had so many, when you only had so many pairs of clothes that you had to take care of those clothes and patch them up and get up. Like, that type of incredible black attention to detail you know, this, this, and being this, black and knowing how black people because we got extra stuff that we got to do to make ourselves look cute. <laughs> you don't know what it's like to get hair grease in the back of your neck and shit? Come on. No, no. I, 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 no I, see, I mean, that Murray's pomade grease. Yes, get the waist. To me, I say to myself, you know, like, there's no reason that, that Ruth Carter, say, couldn't do a samurai film. Or, oh my God! Yeah, you know, you know, yes. or, 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 or she couldn't do a film set in, in like France in the fifties. You know, but she knows she's going to do her research on that. She's she gonna fly over there. She's she gonna get the direct fabric. She's gonna make it fantastic. She's she gonna get the swatches, and she's gonna get the dress, and she's gonna be like, look. She gonna find somebody's grandma on the the Champs Elysees sitting in a shop from nineteen <laughs> the 1920s and said, "I need your grandmama to help us make sure that this looks like it did." And like, that's the type of detail and historic history that she does and the research she does for all the roles and films that she's been working on. And it's a goddamn shame that this is the first Oscar she's ever gotten when she's been doing incredible work for all these years. For, for, and like 30, for, for 30, 35 years. God damn it. God you know? damn it. Yes. So, yes. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I just think there's that, there's that level of impact that people don't... I mean, I, I hope people kind of like, like revisit that movie again now um, you know, I I hope people just how people how people can revisit it now like, again. You know, like in, in this sad time, but it's just um, you know, just to see I, I believe, the work of everyone else. You know, I believe I believe tonight that ABC is going to be showing on on TV for everybody the Black Panther movie. That's what I read uh, oh, okay. online today. So supposedly ABC Disney they're going to be showing it on TV because people were like doing screenings of it over the weekend, I guess probably from Netflix, but they felt like for those people who don't have streaming services, I know I saw a lot of people calling for Disney for them to show it either on free on a streaming or some way where people could kind of revisit it and kind of like have that, that joy to celebrate this man's life who, who puts so much into every role that he's played with being a producer, um, just a consummate artist and just a fantastic human being. I mean, I'm thinking about 
the interviews, you know, where he talked about visiting children in cancer centers while he had cancer in the middle of his, his promotional mm-hmm. tour. I think about the videos of him and Letitia Wright kind of playing around and them doing the promotion. Like my favorite video that I posted up is the one where him and uh, Michael B. Jordan are kind of playing Don't Make Me Laugh. And Michael Jordan says to, to, to Chadwick, you know, I kind of like how your beard tries to somewhat connect on your face. And then Chadwick <laughs> makes Michael said, I like how your eyebrows kind of have a life of their own. Like, and just the laughter, just to hear Chadwick laugh. He had one of the best and most unique laughs in the world. Like, like when I heard that laugh, I, I felt like I was going to be okay. But to hear him laugh, it's like mm-hmm. a full body, like he, you could feel it, you know, when he laughed. And I'm, I'm going to miss that most of all, just him mm-hmm. having that grace and just that, that love of being black and that love of wanting to create black things, not just for black people, for everything. Because I think one of my text posts I put out on Twitter was it's, it's, he always chose rules that show the beauty and the complexity of being a black human being and how our lives aren't tragic, that we may have these, these horrific things happen to us, but how we overcome them with grace and humility and that sense of keeping on, keeping on, that kind of like that old spiritual, like, hold on, you know, just right. a little while longer because everything's going to be right eventually. And <clears throat> I'm really, I'm really going to miss that. But I hope that other artists, black people especially, really um, kind of take that unbeaten, difficult path that he chose in terms of the type of roles that he could take. Because I know a lot of the movies that roles that he took later on probably didn't do as well as Black Panther and I don't think that mattered to him. It wasn't no, about every movie can't be a hit. Denzel doesn't have a hit with every movie. Yeah, and yeah. I think every every role that he chose was with intent and with passion and and just wanting to put out good good stuff that will hold up over years. You know, and I hope people go back and revisit his catalog. Um, I've seen him in TV a lot of times, but the role that really stood out for me that made me say this guy has got that, of course, is Forty Two. And uh, and I know we used to joke about. Chadwick for a while where we would say oh he's playing everybody he's gonna play Harry Tubman pretty soon like <laughs> he, was, he was he was going through the gamut of every historic figure it was like he gonna play every damn body and in hindsight we know you know that that was his intent to to get stuff for the babies that are coming up behind and um I'm just grateful you know yeah it's funny I was <clears throat> I was listening before we got online today to his um to Chadwick's um I was watching him do Larry King. I was watching that interview. <clears throat> he was talking about, but it was like pre before he was married, you know, all that stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I was listening to his speech um, when they honored Denzel at AFI. Yeah. I love that. And he was yeah. talking about how, you know, I guess, you know, he was in that program that went to, uh, is it BAFTA? One of those. Yes. Like yes. And, and Felicia Rashad was like, you know, she put together right. this thing. And how he later discovered that the person that who did it was Denzel. Yeah. The world was yes. Denzel. Yes. Was, <laughs> yes. And for, and, for, and for him to give Denzel his roses back to him yes. in that space and talk about watering, when you are water to water someone else to right. to pass it forward, you know. And and a lot of times we we don't get to say that to people who you know they try to be anonymous and like, oh, I'm just going to do this. I don't want any fanfare. I don't want all this stuff. And but I, that was a lovely moment to have between him and Denzel to be able to acknowledge that, yeah, I know it was you who helped me with Felicia Rashad to get me to where I am. And I get to say thank you. 
Mm-hmm. And hopefully I will be able to do the same to somebody else. So, yeah. yeah I mean, he represented He represented us well. Yep. Shout out to the Bisons at Howard, mm-hmm. you know, that, that Howard Mafia, you know. Um, they gave us a good one. And, um, you know, he's going to be missed. But, hey, he's an ancestor now. So we can we can rejoice that we were able to share space with him during this time. And, I mean, it sucks that 2020 is such a bitch. And that 2020 is just taking so much shit from us. But, you know, and I know I was I was upset. Like, I just want, like I kept saying a couple of days ago, like, I just really wanted to leave this country. Like, I'm just not happy in the United States. But ah, losing Chadwick and like still dealing with this bullshit, I might give this country another chance. <laughs> <laughs> One more again, America. Because I, I feel like, you know, if Chadwick, you know, stuck through and was giving us this work, you know, the least I can do is pick up my end and and keep keep moving forward. But I just was really feeling like this country does not deserve black people. Well, you did the right thing. I mean, I always tell everybody, you, it's kind of like um, when you're well, upset. I, I, yeah, when you, I had to do No, no, no. When you're upset or you're angry about something <clears throat> and you send somebody an email and you write the angry email. Chris and I talk about this a lot. You know, he'll always send it to me. Go, what are you thinking? I go, oh, take tone it down. <laughs> Let, let's finish yeah. this tomorrow. You know what I mean? And so I think that that's exactly. It's almost like the same thing when you 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 see somebody like Chad Chadwick die. You see, you know, somebody like George Floyd die, and you your emotions are talking. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's not necessarily your conscience. So mm-hmm. you have to separate the two. Right. And usually, you can figure out like the next day. Right. But some things like George Floyd and Chadwick the whole fucking weekend, you're still right. like I've been in like in a daze. It's been right. You know, well, it was funny because when I said that, I, I don't want to be here anymore. Someone has sent me the video of like one of my favorite. And we were joking about it this morning on Twitter when I was laughing at some people because I, I had actually reposted it on the Twitter where somebody had sent the video where the trending thing was uh, Return of the Mac, which is one of the classic yeah. black, black diaspora songs. Yeah, and I was just joking. And so when I, when I, when I had vented that, like, oh, I'm Fuck it, I hate this country. And somebody has and somebody had sent me the tag where this brother's dancing to return of the Mac outside the car. And it made it made me laugh so hard that a couple of days later, like literally I think it was yesterday that I posted it up, or last night I posted it up on Twitter. And I just said, if you don't, if you're a black person and you hear this song and you don't dance, you are the feds. And, 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 then, and then a couple of my black friends were like looking at me like, but we don't like the song. And I said, I'ma block you. Because clearly, but then they said, but then, but then we have to acknowledge that there are certain songs that are black songs that when they come on, I hate them and they're like kryptonite to me. Oh yeah. Or garlic to a vampire, mm-hmm. like back that ass up and yes. hot in here. So I realize there's just certain songs that don't hit. They're just That's certain they songs. They wore that shit out. And it's not just that. It's just that, yeah, they wore it out, but it's just a bad song anyway. Right. But but just something about that song, and I have to play it again just for, you know, that in the Chatwick and Michael B. Jordan video that kind of brought a smile and made me think, no matter what, you know, there's always going to be Black Joy. There's always going to be a light at the end of, of the tunnel, and that it's okay to, to grieve and mourn, but it's it's more important to celebrate and be grateful but I just thought, man, I'm going to have to watch a lot of black shit tonight that here's makes a, me smile. You know, the thing that I've been thinking about since Friday when we heard about Chadwick. I'm going to try not to get emotional about it. It's hard. We have to remember 
life is fucking short. Yeah. And you may think Chadwick had it all, and he did. And he but did. Even, even so, life is not perfect. Right. You feel me? Mm. You worked your life. You worked your, you know, he was in Denzel's program at BAFTA. He did all these things. He went to Howard. He worked his way up slowly, and boom, he became our youngest star, black star that we could think of. When you think of who's the first, we, we've had this discussion on our show. Who could play who, anything? Who's our list of black actors? First person we had, Chadwick. Right. Then we work our way down. Right. So he is our Denzel of our, of our time. Right. Right. And so what I'm saying is people have to learn to realize that you have to fight and struggle to get the things you want. And that even when you get it doesn't mean that life is perfect. We always think that, especially all of us here in L.A., mm-hmm. we all are surrounded by all of our super huge, you know, very, very wealthy friends who we think have it all, you know, and we don't realize Somebody like Chadwick, in our opinion, who had it all, he can't even fucking walk down the street because he's Black Panther. Wow, that must be amazing. But yet, we, we literally had to watch him on screen deteriorate. deteriorate. You know, mm-hmm. go from the, the way he looked in Black Panther, everybody was speculating, going, oh, he must be playing a role where he lost weight. But if you look at the series of events that he's done since Black Panther, you will see him getting skinnier and skinnier and skinnier and skinnier. Mm-hmm. And we all know that now we all know why, you know, some people knew, but um, that, that was just a reminder to me is that life is hella short. You just got to plug your way in. And just because your life is hard or that your life is great, doesn't mean that it's perfect. You know what right. I mean? It's never right. to be all all of my most wealthy, successful friends have problems, whether it's in the relationship that they're in, you know, something with their kids, something with their parents. There's something there. Nobody has a perfect life. It just appears like that, you know. Yeah, well, I think what it is is a, a lot of people have this, they have this goal. I want to have X amount of money, right. X amount of people to know my work. And I want to have this kind of wife or this kind of husband or, or, or this kind of house and blah, blah, blah. And then and when they see the people that they have that stuff, you know, there was this, I had this quote that I used in my fucking Orson Welles movie about once you get what you want, then what you want is what you once want. Like something about how, how like what you achieve, what you have. What you want it and achieve it is probably not what you Oh, no, it's, it. it's, it's, it's something about, like, the problem is, is is that once you have what you want, you know, well, then you crave, then you crave what you once wanted. Something yes. along that line, something upon, around, around that line, because it's kind of like, once you have those things, well, you know, then we don't have the opportunity to, or, 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 or like, the drive to, to ask for that again. You know, because well, we, well, we want our movie. We want our movie. Once you have the movie, then now what? Yeah, like for instance, like the, like you know what? There was a movie that came out this year earlier called Wendy. Do you guys know what this movie? What's is? it called? It's Wendy. called Wendy. It's called Wendy. It's uh-huh. kind of like the story about yeah, like, Peter Pan or something. Pearl, yeah, Peter Pan. Yeah, yeah. Total flop. Total flop. Oh, yeah, right. For sure. Didn't do any business. Like it got like. You know, was put out like two weeks. Put out like. Why do they keep doing Peter Pan? Wait, wait, but but see, it's not, <laughs> but it is it is an important story. Wait, 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 w
the guy who did Beast of the Southern Wild. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. That's right. So, yeah. So, and, so and that was his follow-up film, like, six years later. Right. So I'm sure he was fighting all his life to be able to do Beast, you know, his first movie. Mm-hmm. He got it. And now he's like, so now what do I do? And, and, and now, is, you know, essentially is his career derailed to a certain extent because he, because he did the thing that everyone hates and, that, and everyone expects he had the sophomore flop that, that was just mm-hmm. like, wh- what direction did you go? What did you do? Like, what the fuck? Like, you know, those things happen. Did his movie come out during COVID or did it come out before? It came out like, like right before. It, okay. it, 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 I think it was so he got stuck right in that. It got stuck, mm. but it got terrible reviews. And oh, it did like, too. Because he because he has this thing where he's got a white girl who mm. goes to this island That's where there's right. a bunch of black people. I remember that. And it's kind of yes. like, dude, what the fuck yes. are you doing? Like, you can't do that now in 2020. Yeah. Or 2019 yeah. or yeah. 2015. Yeah. We sort of sort of writing the idea for it. You might have done it. See, if he had that script to do directly after Beasts of the Wild came he'd out, he'd have been fine. He'd have been, been fine. Right. But right. had, but if he played himself, yeah. But it's one of those things where it's like, okay, so now he has to totally regroup, totally regroup as a filmmaker. And I feel like so you say to yourself, well, he, well, he had it all, getting courted by everyone, he yep. got Oscar nods, all this kind yep. of shit, blah blah blah, and now nothing. And you know? fucked it up, yeah. yeah. And even though I lo- I love stories about Peter Pan stories, I love the idea of like the windy, the background of the. And not in terms of that particular film, but in terms when I'm saying it's an important story in terms of like how that whole Peter Pan, when you do the research of how that story came to be and all mm-hmm. that stuff, that that type of stuff, those fantastic stories um, like that one and also stories about Winnie the Pooh, like the, how those came right. to be, it, that connection of the fantasy and childhood and how those stories come to be. I think those are important type of stories to mm-hmm. tell. But I just think this particular incarnation of it was like the wrong direction to go. Yeah. Um but it, time, timing is everything. Yeah, and sometimes people are just like, "That's not that might have worked like in the '80s or something," but not, not now. I, 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 we got to cut this short, but I do remember, I do remember seeing the trailer for it mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. thinking, "Wow, it looks amazing!" As far as how it looked, is the right. like this butt off. Right. So I wasn't yeah. surprised by that. Right. So yeah. So we'll yeah. see. But anywho, um, last thoughts. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just glad that we got. We're able to chop it up about him. Like it's it's gonna, gonna take it's gonna take me a couple of months to get over it. Um, like like you said, right now my concern is with the rest of the cast, um, the shock of it for them. Um, my concern is also anytime you have these type of big public deaths, you know, other people, especially right now with people's mental health during a pandemic and feeling like your heroes are leaving. I mean, I'm I have to get over the fact that I'm I'm angry. Um, not because of Chad dying, because that's that's something that that we have no control over. But I just kind of feel that kind of like petty child childlike anger of, you know, Captain America gets to have like five fucking movies, and the one prince we get, king we get, that's right. it. And it's kind of like it sets the epitome of black life. Like you get three steps ahead, and then you get knocked back ten. And I just feel like oh, it, the unfairness of it. But I'm going to have to learn how to release that. And just know that we have plenty of other people, actors, writers, stories well, to tell. Let me ask you this right quick. And it, it'll be all right. Let me ask you this for the both of you right quick. Uh-huh. So I was just thinking about, like, I know if I was an actor, I wouldn't want to play, like, take over his role. Okay. I'm, can I tell you no. my answer? Let me, let me, let me <laughs> switch it. Go ahead. But what Go I was ahead. thinking was they could move it into the future a couple of years if they wanted. Right. 
And what if he had a son who was like, you know, 12, 15, I don't know, something. Maybe yeah. if it was a boy yeah. who had to build himself up to become the king again, like the Lion King in a sort of speak. And and maybe maybe the audience would root for a kid. That, but if you put in Michael B. Jordan, for example, comes back to life and now he's the, <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't think anybody's going to gonna like that. Oh, they would. He got, yeah. uh, Killmonger's got a huge fandom. Yeah. Like, Shuri and Killmonger, it might, it might. But here's the thing. Like, my sister disagrees with me. But yeah. what I said was, there's no way you could replace Chadwick, of course. They would have to have somebody. Because, you know, it's a, it, the, the Black Panther is a mantle. Yeah. Anybody could be Black Panther. But I told my sister, it's like, it'll be 20 years before I would accept anything. Somebody else coming through there. And my sister's like, no, not 20 years. She said, at least give it 10. I said, all right, at least 10. And then I was just like, there's no, I just don't know we're ready for that. And that's why people are so uncomfortable talking about doing Black Panther 2. Because I was like thinking, you know, BP is a wrap. I don't want it. But then everybody's like, oh, you could do Shuri. Who would you cast? Who could you have? But I was just thinking. Well, but see, like maybe thing- maybe a few years from now, like you said, Hilliard, maybe you could have a child. I think we would root behind a child of T'Challa coming into his own and coming with Shuri being the Black Panther at that time, and maybe Shuri wanting to be the scientist and wanting to do all that thing. And ha- I don't know. I don't know how that would work. No, but, see, but the thing is, look, it's like you said. It's the like Black Panther is a mantle. It's not like he's Captain America. All right. You know, I'm sorry, no, Captain America got replaced too several times. It's it's, it's like I I I I, I want to say they did. Someone was telling me in the comic that maybe like Storm was Black Panther for a little bit. I mean, it's look. I mean, like the whole thing was set up in the original movie. He lost the ability to be Black Panther in the movie. Remember, he got beaten, killed, right. and, and right. so it's it's kind of like no, but he got the stuff they gave him the the. The yes. plant again, he, so no, he has the power again. Yeah, I, I know that, but I'm saying, but it's transferable. Is, is all I'm saying. Oh, so, all right. right. Anybody can yeah. be him. If Anybody they have. can be it. So it's, it's like whoever's worthy of it. So maybe, right. yeah, maybe it's his sister. You know, I, I mean, I mean, that's a bold move for Marvel to do to make to make sure he be the next Black Panther. I would, but, I would go see it. I would go see it. But yeah. it's not a, it's not something that should be off the table. Right. You know. Right. Because. I don't know what they do. I, I, I don't know what they do. And, and, I, and I feel like, you know, there was talk that they, that they had originally went to Ava to be to direct the movie. Oh. And she turned it down. Thank God. But, but I feel like, you know, if, if, if they did Shuri as the Black Panther, there's like a whole crop of like female black directors who could come in and probably, right. you know, crush it too, you know? So because mm-hmm. I, I mean, I understand how Ava's like, well, maybe... As a as a woman, I shouldn't t- tell this story. Maybe it's, and maybe she recommended Ryan to Kevin Feige. And them, you know, I mean, who knows? But I feel like he's one of those things where you could find someone who who is is emerging. And can, well, I, I, I I'm glad that Ava turned it down because I feel like Ryan. This is meant for Ryan Coogler. For sure. I, for sure. You know what I mean? No. For, no. No. So, I'm, I'm, no. No disrespect to Ava, but. This is Ryan's. No, I mean, it's not, I mean, it's, I mean, look, I mean, look, it's one of those things. Like, like in her, like in her thing. Um, when will they see us? Mm-hmm. You know, like I remember talking with the director. We were talking about it briefly, and we were like, "It's a really, really well fucking crafted, devastating, uh, like miniseries." Yeah. 
I just wonder how that story is told from the, if a black man is telling a story about these black boys getting, you know, like getting railroaded. That's slightly, di- slightly different than a black woman telling that story. And mm-hmm. I kind of feel like it's the same thing here with Black Panther. Like, it, I mean, it's slightly different if a black woman is telling that black man story. But, you know, I, I mean, look, there's, I mean, what's the woman who did, um, shit, the woman who, like, who did, uh, Dry White Season? Uzan Palsy. Yeah. I mean, like, you get someone like her to come, come and do the sequel, you know? Although, or, what's, what's the, the white director, the female who directed all those military army films? Who am I talking about? Oh, uh, uh Catherine Bigelow. Yeah, like, I mean, she, None of them mainly do those movies. Yeah, and, well, yeah, and yeah, yeah, but there's that black nuance that you got to have, mm-hmm. you know. And well, I mean, I mean, look, like there's somebody, there's somebody who, 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 who they can find who hasn't. Uh, I mean, look, I like, like the woman who did Queen and Slim could do it. You know, she's like, like she's really good. Um, I forget her name, but you know, she's someone who could do it. D Reese, D Reese, and you know. I, well, see, see, think what D Reese is is that her fucking last movie like was it, it derailed her career. Which one? There was a movie she did after Mudbone that fucking nobody saw. Is it, it is? Yeah. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, because it was because what movie is it? Oh, okay. Like, <laughs> it, like, like it's this I didn't thing, know that. This thing, this, this thing that starred Anne Hathaway and, and, and Ben Affleck, oh, like, yeah, like nobody yeah, saw it. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, people are tired. You know what? People are tired of Ben Affleck and, and Anne Hathaway anyway, so that's not on D. <laughs> that's on them white folks. And maybe if she cast some different folks in there, it would have been, they were probably attached to their project and like, all right, well, I'm going to do this. So don't knock my girl I, out I, of the I, running. I, I think don't you knock me out of the running. Oh, it's, it's called The Last Thing He Wanted. It was something that uh, that horrible title. <laughs> it was it was based on this Joan Didion novel, you know, that she really really wanted to do, and it, it has a four point two rating on IMDb. Just yeah, yeah. But no one saw it, so don't, it's like, I, but don't knock her out because there's plenty. I'm of not gonna knock her out. Stuff. I'm not gonna knock her out. But it's one of those things where if if you do a movie with with that kind of star power. And it doesn't do well. People are like, ah, they start pulling their collar, like, like when your name is mentioned. Yeah. But, um, well, but, but you there's know, tons, there's yeah. tons of women. There's tons of women. Yeah. It. Tons of women. Well, so, it's gonna ta- it's it's gonna take me some time to like to let that go and be ready for that. But like I said before, I'm just happy that we got to have Chadwick for as long as we did. Yeah. And and his 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 legacy is going to be forever. It's going to be taught in the history books. It's going to be our black. Classic. That's going to be our uh, Wizard of Oz. It's going to be our, you know, whatever you think it is. It's going to be that because we're going to be talking about that movie and all his movies for a long, long time to go. And so he set the bar really high, and yep. uh, we would do well to 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 do our best. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, on that note, <clears throat> thank you guys. Great episode. Shout out to Chadwick Boseman up there. And shout yeah. out to his wife Simone his and family. the family and the cast and everybody. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool. Where you at, uh, Chris? Derek? Uh, unauthorized CBD on Twitter and Instagram. Yes, sir. Lisa, Lisa, Colt Jam. What fresh hell is this on Twitter? 
Awesome. And I'm your host, Hilliard Guest. You guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Hilliard Guest. You can follow the show, Screenwriters are on Twitter. Any questions, ScreenwritersRantRoom at gmail.com. Please go on iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever you guys listen to. We are everywhere. Follow the show. Everywhere. Subscribe, retweet, repost, all that shit. And what else, Chris? So go to our Patreon page. There's there's new tiers to uh, new to tiers. support nice. the show. Yeah, there's new tiers to support the show. There's a there's a new five dollar tier where there'll be a exclusive body. Uh, there'll be exclusive bottom episode. Nice. Just for those who subscribe to five dollars. I'll do it after I get at least three subscribers, um, and then it'll just come out and and that content like will be like available nowhere else but those who subscribe. And, uh, you know, and there's other things on there. I, I went in yesterday and kind of just, like, rejiggered it around and mm-hmm. kind of changed, like, the, the T-shirts. Money value. Uh, the T-shirts. There's, yes. there's that, 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 that WGA pamphlet is, like, for $8 a month. Uh, yeah, there's, like, a bunch of stuff. So those who are interested, you can get it on screenwritersrr.com. There'll be a link to our Patreon page, and you can uh, support the show that way. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Cool. And again, I'm your host, Hilliard Guest. Um, thank you guys for checking out the show. Um, I suggest everybody this week to go ahead and watch all the Chadwick Boseman movies and TV shows, whatever you've seen him in. You know, support him. Go online, look at his interviews. You're going to be boohooing your butt off. Yes. <laughs> I, I know yes. I was this morning, let me tell you. Yes. Um, anyway, so we appreciate everybody listening to the show. Um, like I think you said, next week, uh, it's my birthday, so I'm going to be gone for a week. Happy Chilling. birthday. Mm-hmm. Of course, I got work to do, but it's uh, supposed, supposed to be yeah. something cool. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, so we're going to probably drop that Black Panther episode we did a couple years ago. I guess it was. Um, just to see you guys over here, listen to that episode again. Anyway, so thank you, guys. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, Chris. All right. All right, guys. Peace, y'all. I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Red Room So you wanna be a rider, well you gotta be a rider Till your fears are diminishing, the doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind and the business got me stressed in the Red Room we let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerd has got no time for no caca Sass in class, yes that's Mr. Bolakaja Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel, say what you want Welcome to the Red Room